Good to see you all. We are uh, coming toward the end of our series of lessons on the Ten Commandments. And uh, we're almost done. There's a few more. We subtitled it, uh, Saying You're a Christian and Living Like an Atheist, which is something you don't want to do. God uh, gave us these commandments to show us, to teach us how he wants us to live and we need to obey them. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about the eighth thou shalt not steal. Have you ever have you ever had something stolen from you? Something that was important to you that someone stole? I think most people have. It's uh it's a terrible feeling. When I was uh living in Fort Worth a long time ago, they uh I had a job working downtown, right downtown, and one day I left work and I went to the parking lot to get in my car to go home, and there was no car. Instead, there was a pile of window glass and a big rock. That's where I parked. And if you've had something stolen from you, you know that feeling of uh, anger and I can't believe they did that to me. Who, who did that to me? You know, this is my car. You feel violated. What am I going to do? I, I need it to drive. You know, frustration. Stealing has always been a common thing in the world. And it's a big problem in the world today. I read that uh, just one type of, of theft... Uh, Stealing merchandise from stores, retail theft, people steal. That Say last year, retailers lost over $60 billion from customer and employees stealing from them. $60 billion. You know, that's a big number. You know how big $60 billion is? If you were to go back in time just 1 billion minutes... You could have seen one of the apostles. Go back two billion minutes, and you could have talked to Abraham. A billion is a big number. Sixty billion dollars is a lot of money. And that was stolen just from stores. That's just one kind of theft in America. It's a huge problem. People steal by taking advantage of other people's lack of knowledge or misunderstanding. Con artists steal over the phone or over the internet. They steal from old people, taking advantage of their fear or their distress or people's greed. There's even what they call identity thieves that steal people's identity so they can steal as other people. There's all kinds of ways people steal. There's what they call white-collar thieves. People that wear suits that steal they, by embezzling money, by stock manipulation, by tax fraud, by consumer fraud. There's all kinds of ways people steal. And God condemns it all. God says he wants us to have honest measures, honest weights, be honest with each other in our dealings. 
And sometimes we even celebrate thievery. We see a particularly clever crime committed in a movie or a TV show or a book or something. I think how, how clever they were to pull that off. You know. And, and none of this is really new. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells a story about a man who had a business and he had employees and he had a steward that wasn't a good steward. And he called him in his office one day and said, I'm going to fire you. I'm going to fire you from your job because you're wasting my goods. And this unjust steward says, what am I going to do now? I, I can't, I have no way of making a living. What am I going to do? And he thought and he came up with this clever scheme. He would figure out how he could get on the good side of a bunch of people so they can give him stuff, give him a place to live and stuff. So he, what he did, he went and took the accounting books of the guy he worked for. And he went and he found everybody that owed his master money. And he, he found them and he says, well, how much do you owe? And he says, a hundred measures of wheat. And so I want you to take out your bill and you write 50 on there instead of a hundred. And I will mark it in here, 50. And so you just, I just saved you 50 measures of wheat. And he said, hey, they, it was good. He said, how much do you owe? And he says, says a hundred measures of oil. He says, you take and you write on your bill 80 and I'll make that bill here. And I just saved you all this money. And they were happy. They were saving all this money. He did that to all of them. He had a whole lot of friends in this world that, you know, owed him. And you know what Jesus said? He said when, when his master, the guy that, that owned all this stuff, when he found out, he said he, can, he, he commended him. He was impressed. He commended him because he had dealt so shrewdly, he said. And impressed him. Good job, you know. And you know what Jesus says about this in Luke 8, 16 and verse 8. He says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. He says, he says the Christians, you people, this world out there, they're going to be more shrewd in this way. Not like you. And he warned us not to be like this. Don't, don't treat people like this. He goes on in verse 10, he says, and he who is, because the reason, he says, because he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, as if you're not taking care of the money, the things that are entrusted to you in this world, and who will commit to your trust the true riches, spiritual riches? Why would God entrust you with spiritual things if you're not going to take care of even this filthy common money and stuff, you know? It says, if you have not been faithful in another man's, who will give you what is your own? It says, no servant can serve two masters. Evil. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's what Jesus says. You need to give people what you owe them, what is fair. If he says, James in James 5 says, if you have people working for you, you need to give them what is fair. Give them what you owe them. Give them what they work for. And likewise, he says, in if, if you're working for someone, 
If someone is paying you for work, you need to give them the work that they're paying you for. If you don't, if you hold back the work that you're getting paid for, that is stealing. Just like if they hold back your pay and don't pay you what you work for, that is stealing. And you're breaking the Eighth Commandment. Kinds of excuses for stealing. You've heard all kinds of excuses people give for stealing. People say, well, they're rich and they can afford it, you know. They don't need this. They're rich. You know, or something. This, this, this kid has all kinds of toys. He won't even miss this one toy if I take it. They won't miss it. They won't even know it's gone. I'll take it. It was stealing from the rich really, really that much better than stealing from the poor? No. It's the same thing. People say, well, their insurance will pay for it. You know, it's not going to cost them anything. Their insurance will pay for it. As if stealing from insurance companies is okay. People think, well, I'll just take this little bit now, and when I I can afford it, when I'm wealthier, you know, I'll pay them back. It's really not stealing. It's more like borrowing, you know. So what if the Lord tells you the same thing as he told one man... Thou fool, tonight your soul will be required of you, thief. What are you going to say? Do we ever try to justify stealing because it's really a tiny amount? It really is not that big. It's a small thing. Someone who wouldn't dream of going out in the parking lot and stealing one of these cars... Might be okay with stealing a pen from work. I mean, it's just a pen. You know. It's stealing. It's stealing. It's taking what's not yours. It's breaking the eighth command. Have you ever gone to a movie theater and you have your kids, they're almost the age you get the cheapest ticket, not quite, so you just tell them they're this age. Save a little money on a ticket. You could teach them to lie and steal at the same time. You know? Because they're watching. They, 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 they do what you do. They're learning from you. You can't rationalize stealing just because it's a small amount. Stealing is stealing. How about if someone gives you something and you're pretty sure they stole it? Okay to take it. Can you take something that you think is pretty sure that they stole this thing? I mean, you didn't steal it, but they did. 1 Timothy 5.22 says, Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure, it says. Don't share in their sins. Have nothing to do with that. Sometimes you hear, well, if I don't take it, someone else will. Someone else is going to take it, so might as well, yeah, like that is okay. People say, well, yeah, I, I, I stole from this person, but you got to understand, they're a really mean person. They're horrible. They, they did me wrong. They didn't treat me well. They're bad people. Yeah, I took it from them, but look at them. They're horrible. Or they're, 
Or, or this one, I love this one. They shouldn't have been so careless with their things. They just left it lying there. They should have took better care of it, took, protected it more. That makes it, that makes it okay. No, it doesn't. It's stealing. You know, last week I was watching a show and this family, this young family, they, they lost their house. They lost their, everything they had, their money, their house, it was all gone. And they were living homeless for about a week and they finally scraped up enough money to get a motel room so they could have a bed and take a shower for one night. And uh, the mother took the baby down to the front office because they only had one towel in the room. And she went down there and asked for another towel, and he wouldn't give it to her. He says, you only get one. She was angry, and she says, well, argued with it. He wouldn't give it. So she ended up having to bribe him, give him five bucks to give her a towel. And he went in the back to get the towel, and... He hadn't shut the cash register door really well, and it kind of came open. And there in front of her was all this money lying there. And the guy was in the back, and she looked at the money, looked back there, and they were hungry. They had no food. And her baby was hungry and crying. So she grabbed a bunch of cash, shut the door, got her towel, went and bought some food for her family. She's... In the room, her husband comes back to the room and he sees all his food and asks, where, where did this come from? And she tells him what she had done. And the man began to weep, shaking his head. He says, this is not who we are. And he wouldn't eat the food. And she couldn't eat it either. That night, they hear police sirens outside, and the lights flashing, and they look out the window, and the police are coming toward them. And even though it turns out the police were coming from the people next door, this theft had ruined their lives. They were living in fear. You know, whenever you confront people about stealing and argue about stealing with people, sometimes they'll give you what-if situations, what-if scenarios. What if, what if a woman was starving and her child was starving and they needed food? Wouldn't it be okay to steal just to, for the food? You know, food. What's wrong with stealing food? What Jesus says in Luke 12 and 20, he says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They either sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? We shouldn't have any reason to steal, not for food, not for anything. And people say, well, but what if your wife is dying from this disease? She's about to die, and the pharmaceutical companies, they've jacked up the prices so much on the medicine, you can't afford the cures. They, they have a way to save your wife, and they won't give it to you. You can't afford it. 
Can you steal then? Can you save your wife by stealing the medicine? You ask, ask this question, is, do, do you love this world, this life? Do you love it so much that you're willing to turn your back on God, to break his command just so you can spend a little more time here? Is this what's most important to you? Or is the commandment of God, is the righteousness of God, the purity of of God. Is that what's most important? The stealing to acquire the objects of our worship is spiritual. It's, it's, it's idolatry is what it is. It's spiritual adultery and it's idolatry against God. One of the few times in the Bible that you see Jesus get really, really angry. He was mad. It's when he walks into the temple and he sees a den of thieves. People stealing, taking advantage of other people for money. And he turns over the tables. He is angry. You know, it's not something he likes. Because stealing comes from a mind... That is completely opposite that of Christ. It's not at all like his mind. The the thought of stealing from other people. John 10 and 10 says, The thief, this is what Jesus, Jesus is saying, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. It's completely against the nature of Christ. The love of Christ wants to give rather than receive, which is far better. That's the mind of Christ, giving, not not taking. Philippians 2 and 4, Paul urges us to become more like Christ. He says, let's each of us, let's each of you look out, not for your, only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus says that stealing defiles you. It makes you unclean when you steal. Why? He says, because it comes from your heart. That's why it makes you unclean. It comes from your heart. A heart that is selfish, that is self-centered, that is greedy, that is taking rather than giving. So it defiles you. Can you even imagine... Jesus stealing from people so he can gain for himself. You can't even imagine. There's no concept for that because that's so against being Christ-like, which we're supposed to be. You know, he could have made all kinds of profit. Imagine the profit he could have gained from the miracles, how he could have deceived people and ripped them off. No, there's no possible way. You can't even imagine him doing that. We can't do that either. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if someone, if you have two coats and someone has nine, you give one of them to them. That was the way he taught, one of giving, not taking. As a church... 
We need to take care of one another. We have needs that we really need. We take care of one another. You don't steal. We don't take. We take care of each other. You know, in, in every culture in the world, most people are valued. They, their worth is based on what they own, their possessions. Someone who has a fancy cars and houses and lands and jewelry and stuff, people say, well, they're worth a lot. That person is worth a lot. That's not so in the kingdom of God, is it? Psalms 21, 24 and verse 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell within. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Haggai 2 and verse 8. It's all God's. He owns it all. Everything. It's His which kind of ups the stakes a little bit, don't you think? When you consider who you're stealing from. All you have, the only thing you have that's yours is your integrity your conscience, your... your heart, your soul. That's what you're worth. That is what you are worth. Your heart, your soul, your integrity, your honor... It's all you have that's yours. And so that is what you are worth. Don't trade that. Don't trade that for something shiny that you'll never ever own truly. Don't trade it. 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says, Goodness and with goodness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and clothing with this, be content. You can't take it with you. Someone's got to take it from you, either while you're alive or after you're dead. Matthew 6 and 19. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. Your heart is what tells you what you're going to do. And if you have a heart of taking, then that's what you're going to do. If you have a heart that's giving, then that's what you're going to do. Because that's what you treasure. That's what's important to you. Stealing usually begins by breaking another commandment. The commandment not to covet. And when we covet things, and we let that covetousness stay in our heart, then we steal the things. And we also, 
end up lying about it. They're breaking even more commands. That's the way, because commands of the heart, the commands of loving are. They're all wrapped up together. And it's a slippery, slippery, slippery slope leading down a very dark path. You don't want to be like Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, who had the money box and used to take what was put in it. Remember how he died. Remember how he ended his life at the end of a rope. It's a path you don't want to go down. Don't steal someone else's joy and their hope, the things that are important to them, just to make yourself feel better for a little while. Fulfill the law by loving your neighbor as yourself. Because the Bible says that love does no harm to a neighbor. When I was young, I used to go I used to go with my dad to see people. He would visit with my neighbors where I lived and he would talk to them. And there was this one old man that he would go and he would talk to this guy for hours and hours, it seemed. I don't think it was that long, really. It seemed like hours that he would visit with this guy. And he was a fascinating guy. He was a taxidermist. And he had this little house that was rock house. And it was, it was filled with all kinds of fascinating taxidermy and all kinds of junk that I would stare at and watch when, wait, while waiting for my dad to finish talking. And... I remember he had this big table in the kitchen. It was piled high with papers and junk. And on it was this really cool, fancy pen. And I coveted that pen. And I wanted it. And eventually I stole it. And I remember... I remember driving home. And as soon as I got home, I ran into my room. And I put it in a box. And I put it up in the closet. I hit it. And, you know, I never used that pen one time. I got nothing from that pen but grief and misery. And I was, I remember, I remember them preaching about how no thieves and liars went into the kingdom of heaven. And how Thieves and liars, thieves and those who steal will have their part in the lake of fire forever. And I remember, I remember lying in bed and not being able to sleep. I would think, because I was afraid I was going to hell. And I remember waking up one night in the middle of the night and I going upstairs and telling my folks that I had to be baptized. As I had washed, I had I'd taken showers, baths, I'd get, and nothing. I couldn't get clean again. And it's something I had to do. And no one was going to talk me out of it because I had to do it. And I did. I was baptized. And I, I remember that feeling of joy 
and peace because I knew I was going to heaven because Jesus paid for my sin. And the weeks and the days, the month leading up to that, there was no joy. There was no joy in life at all. Because that's what sin does. It sucks the joy out of life. Oh, it promises joy. It promises all kinds of joy. But it doesn't give it to you. It takes it away. If you've stolen something, you need to repent of that. You need to give it back. You need to pay them back. And change your life. Live a life of, of working for the things you need. So you'll have to give people who don't have. That's the way a Christian is taught to be. I don't have anything else to say. I've, I hope this has been useful to you. We're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. If you have prayer requests or you'd like to be baptized, please come forward now. Sit on the front pew and we'll, as we sing.